when looking at a whole bunch of different studies, the two main keys that come up as the two most popular keys to write songs in are G major and C major. In fact, when including their respective natural minors, their relative minor keys, so for example, with C major, including A minor, in that case, C major and A minor might make up up to 15 to 26% of all songs, depending on where we're looking. Uh, Spotify had a study that analyzed all its songs that, that had a number in that range, as did Hook Theory. And then for G major, E minor, uh, we get 12 to 15% of all songs. In fact, Spotify had G major at number one overall. If we're just talking about G major, not including E minor, it had it even above the key of C major with 10.7% of all songs being in G major compared to C major at 10.2. So needless to say, knowing what you need to know to write songs in these keys is pretty good bang for your buck. There's probably a reason that a lot of people write songs in these keys. So in this episode, we are going to talk about writing songs in C major and G major and get really practical about it. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adela. Honored that you would take some time to talk about songwriting with me wherever you are. I certainly understand there's only so much time in the week and you're choosing to spend some of it with me talking about songwriting, and I appreciate that. So if you haven't already, be sure to check out my free guide on the four pillars of music theory that I think every songwriter needs to know. Hopefully, if you're a doubter and somebody who doesn't think that music theory has value, this episode will convince you otherwise, but we're going to kind of do it in a backwards way. Uh, we're just going to talk about, hey, here's how you write a song in C major. Real practical, right? Here are the notes. Here are the chords. Here are some things to think about. Here are some of the specific notes you should think about in certain scenarios. We're going to dive in deep specifically to these two keys. Uh, well, maybe not that deep because this is an episode of a podcast, so it's not like it's going to be a five-hour <laughs> five course on how to write a song in C major. But, um, And then from there... What this will help illuminate is the value of music theory, because really everything we're talking about here is music theory knowledge, really. Uh, but we're just talking about it from the very practical angle, and actually music theory is purely practical. People just don't know that. Some people conflate music theory with sheet music and knowing how to read sheet music, which is completely and totally absolutely wrong. Those are not the same thing. They're not even close to the same thing. I would say they're even barely related. Uh, music theory is super helpful as a songwriter, and even though I do know how to read sheet music because of you know being in choirs for years and, more importantly, being at some point classically trained as a pianist, um, you know you have to learn how to read sheet music when you play piano. Uh, and even as a person who knows pretty well, uh, even I will admit, you know what, as a songwriter, knowing how to read sheet music is basically worthless. It has almost no value. So I actually agree with you if you are somebody that feels that way. But regardless, if you're interested, this guide will teach you the four pillars, the main bang for your buck things to know about music theory. Keeps it simple, but honestly, if you know these four things and you never learn another piece of theory in your life, this at least gets you 90% of the way there with only knowing four things. And this will be something that will 
transfer from key to key. So it's not just C major, right? It's knowing how to know all the notes in all the major keys and all the chords and all the major keys and all that kind of stuff. Um, and keys are just one of the four pillars. But regardless, today we're getting real practical. But if you're interested, that's at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide. Link will be in the show notes per usual. So C major. The first thing to know if you're writing a C major is what notes do you have? Because the notes that you have are what you're going to, A, every single chord you use, unless you are using some non-chord or out-of-key uh, tones. Out-of-key is a bad way of writing that. If, if you are going to have some accidentals in your music, if you will, where you know you purposefully choose, say, in a major key to use a major two chord, such as going from C major to D major, which normally wouldn't happen. Normally it would be C major and D minor would be naturally occurring in C major. If you don't know that, that's okay. That's just a little caveat. Yes, of course, sometimes in songs you have chords or notes that are outside of the key. But especially in today's music, that is... You, usually it's going to be like one chord in a progression once in a song or something. Like you, you find one chord progression that happens to have one uh, chord that is outside the context of the key. And in most songs, there's none of that. Like in the vast majority of songs, especially if you look at stuff like pop radio, but even, even for the vast majority of singer-songwriter stuff, it is all literally everything is from the key. So that caveat aside... Your notes in C major are simply C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. And then, of course, back to C. That's it. It's all the natural notes. No sharps or flats, no D sharp, no E, no, there is no E sharp, no F sharp, no G sharp, no A sharp. It is all the natural notes. So if you're a pianist, literally any white keys... That's C major. And any of your sharps or flats, any of the black keys, none of those are used in C major. So, and if you're a guitarist, just know where your start note is for your scale if you care about that part. Otherwise, otherwise as a guitarist, you're probably a little more concerned about, okay, what, what chords do I have? Now, we should still care about the notes because regardless, as say a guitarist, if you are going to maybe have a solo in the song, in which case you want to know that you're using your C major scale, which contains the C major notes. But outside of that, if you only care about chords from a guitar standpoint, still for the melody, it should just be using those notes, your C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. So then what, what chords do we have? So every major key this is going to be true for, I'll just put that caveat out there, there's going to be three major chords, three minor chords, and one diminished chords. And a diminished chord is like Bruno. We don't talk about it because it's worthless. Um, and yes, I am embarrassed that I made that reference. So I'm sorry. I'm mostly sorry for my own ego, honestly. But <laughs> anyway, um, so major, major chords, uh, the one, four, and five is always going to be major. So in the context of C major, we have a C major chord. We have an F major chord, and we have a G major chord. Those are our three major chords. 
So especially if you're somebody who has done a lot of, you know, songs, you look up the guitar chords or whatever, and most of the songs you probably see are in G major or C major. And a chord progression you probably have seen come up a lot is that C, F, G. So that would be a, a pretty good indicator that you are in C major. And we'll get into a little bit later how we know it's C major and not G major when you have that chord progression. But if you are a guitarist, you might be thinking, man, I really hate F major chords because F major chords are kind of notoriously annoying for guitarists. Uh, it's hard to make them sound really good. It's kind of an awkward chord to play. No, It feels like nobody can ever figure out, uh, should I just do the bar chord version or should I do the open chord version, which isn't really an open chord and it, it doesn't, it feels like it doesn't use enough strings. It's, it's just an annoying chord. Guitarists don't generally love that chord, especially if you're a beginner guitarist. That's usually like the one beginner chord that, that you just hate, right? Like everybody loves D major. D major, you like teach your random friend who just wants to learn to play one chord, right? Or E minor, right? Like super simple. Uh, C major is easy. G major is easy. Uh, you know, A, A minor is easy. A major is easy. There's ton, tons of easy chords. Um, and then F major is like, of the beginner chords, it's like, that's the annoying one. So anyway, if you are writing a song in C major, beginning thing to know, notes, C, D, E, F, G, A, B. That's the baseline thing to know. Literally everything else is built off of that. So for example, C major, a C major chord really is C, E, and G, which if you notice come from those notes, right? It's built off of those notes. There is no, you know, C, E, G sharp. No, because we're in C major. There is no G sharp in C major. We are using a subset of the notes in any key, really. Uh, but specifically in C major, our subset is that C, D, E, F, G, A, B. So our major chords, again, are C major, F major, G major. The way to know that for any key, actually, is once you know all the notes, if you can count, you can figure out what your major chords are, because your major chords are always going to be one, four, and five, which in the context of C major, if we just count through the notes, C, one. Okay, so that's a major chord. D, not one, four, or five, it's two, right? Three is E, four is F. Okay, so that's one of the ones we said was a major chord, right? So now I know, oh, so there's F major. And then if we go up one more note, we were on F, G, five. We also know that that is going to be a major chord in any major key. So we have G major. So minor chords. Minor chords you have are A minor, D minor, E minor. So keeping it really simple, if you are a beginner acoustic guitarist, the main thing you need to know is your basic chords you're going to go to are C major, F major, and G major. And then you're also going to have an A minor, D minor, and E minor. And again, there's B diminished, but we don't talk about that because it's not, it's, it's like the one thing that like every music person agrees on <laughs> is that diminished chords are basically worthless. Um, there are some exceptions to that, but they're so, so limited that probably most songwriters go their entire career never once using a diminished chord. Um, so anyway, now let's break down a little bit further. That, that was high level, right? Okay. 
the I, I just gave you like, okay, here are the chords that technically exist. You're naturally occurring triads, if you will, because obviously there are other chords. For example, you could have uh, a, a, a G sus would be pretty common because a G sus chord would be a G and then instead of a B, it has a C and then a D, which are all naturally occurring in C major. Not to mention it has the added benefit of it actually has that C note, which is our tonic, which is the first thing we're gonna talk about. So tonic basically is the same as your one, is the same as what the key is named after. So if you're in the key of C major or A major or E minor, always your tonic note and your tonic chord for that matter is literally in the name of the key. So in the key of E minor, your E minor chord is your tonic chord and your and E is your tonic note. Or seen another way, E minor would be your one chord. So in the context of C, right, C is our tonic. So why do we care? Well, two main reasons. One is that C major is going to sound most at rest of all of your chords. Usually, if you want your song to feel complete and finished, or if, say, at the end of your chorus, you want to give it that sort of final sound, right? Especially that final chorus, you probably want this, where you really make the listener know, like, oh, the song is over. Then C major is going to be the way to go. Because ultimately... This is the center of gravity of your song in C major, is C. So if I do just, you know, C major, F major, G major, C major. Specifically, first inversion C major, which really helps because if you have that C note at the top, that really makes the sound extra resolved. Extra resolved, even more so if you have it. Oh, that was wrong. If you have C as both the lowest note and the highest note. Forgive me for the wonky piano stuff. I am working with a tiny, tiny synth keyboard thing that doesn't even have a pedal. But hopefully it gets the message across. Moral of the story is you probably could hear, even just from that super simple, like I'm literally just right hand triad, simple, simple, C, F, G, that sounds at rest, right? If I do this. Does that sound at rest? That's an A minor chord. Now it sounds at rest, right? So that's C major. So that's one reason to care about it. But also it's gonna be that most powerful chord usually as well. So another reason to care is oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes, the part that you want to highlight, which often is going to be the very beginning of your chorus, you usually want to set the tone of this is the main point. And a great way to do that is to get to that tonic chord. So, for example, it would be pretty common in a song to do something where you don't actually hit the one chord at all until you get to the chorus. Or at least you don't feature the one chord. Um... So just, again, as a really corny, simple example, if your verse is just sort of like F major, G major, 
F major, G major, F major, G major. And then for the chorus, if you hit that C major, that that will have that like, okay, here's the main point. Because when you hear this, you know, it feels like, ah, there's the main point, right? And again, that was C major at the end. So now in that case, it sounded a little complete, but that's because I did first inversion. There's a little more deeper dive we can do into this. If you're a guitarist, you don't really care about inversions. Uh, for pianists, it's going to be more important. But um, that's an overgeneralization. If you're doing mostly open acoustic style guitar, you don't care about inversions. Inversions can be played, of course, explicitly on guitars. Um, but you, you usually the way you would play guitar chords is not super relevant. Anyway, so seize your tonic. This is whenever you want to like highlight something, this is the main point, go to that C major chord. Usually you would open your chorus with a C major chord in the context of a C, song in C major. Usually, specifically in a pre-chorus, you would avoid the C major chord. And usually you, well, actually we'll get to that in a second. But also, let's talk about C note for a second. C note is important because oftentimes if you're going to use something called a pedal tone, which a pedal tone is a concept where you have a note that while there's another chord progression going on or while um, other th the rest of the music is changing, that one thing stays the same. So let's take this for example. Notice how this one note stayed that whole time. It actually makes what is otherwise a really boring chord progression. Like literally that's one, five, four, five, which is in this context, C major, G major, F major, G major. Literally that's all I was doing. But then if you keep that C in that bass, That just like gives it a lot more flavor, even though it, it literally couldn't be any more basic. So that that's what you would call a pedal tone, which is something common to do. It's a if, if there's like one way to like spice up your chord progression in like a super easy way, it's literally just use a pedal tone, um, and and you can use it not at just in the bass necessarily either. Uh, there are other ways to do it. You can do it anywhere, um, but most common pedal tone is going to be your tonic. So it's going to be your C in the context of C major. If it's not, then it's going to be what's called your dominant, which is G. It's the same as the five. So your C major chord is going to be that home chord, center of gravity, really highlights this is the main you know, part of the song. Uh, if your chorus is sort of the type where it sort of has an A part and a B part, and the A part just sort of leads into that B part, usually a good strategy might be in that A part, you might actually not use that one chord, but then in that B part that where it hits the main point, that's when you bring in that tonic, that C major. But G is probably your second most important chord and note. And... The reason for this is the tendency is that the most commonly used chords in a major key are your three major chords. 
And I believe, I would have to recheck this and I forgot to do this, but I believe that the five chord is second most common. doesn't really matter. You're almost definitely going to use all three. But G major is super important. G major is going to be the chord that has the heaviest pull back to one. So if you want to have a chord that best leads into your C major chord, look to G major. Also, G is going to be the main pedal tone to use if C is not an option. So let's say that maybe you're writing four-part vocal harmony for a certain part of your song, and you want to have a pedal tone in it. And based on where some of the other harmonies or the melody is, you can't really use C as a pedal tone because maybe your main melody is around C, D, and B, and C, and it would be too much clashing to have, you know, another C, which is right next to that note sometimes. So it's... Right, like that. You might not want that. So instead, you can pedal on G. Right? Now, the danger to that is sometimes it makes it sound a little G majory, but in theory, the rest of the context of the song should help fill that in. So that's one reason why G is important, is if your C pedal tone isn't going to work and you still want to have a pedal tone, almost always it's going to be your 5, your G. And for a chord, your G major chord has the heaviest pull to C major. So if I just do right now, I bet you are like mentally begging for this resolve. Or ev even better is probably the right? Like you you can you can almost hear that desire to go to that C major chord. And the reason for that is what's called a leading tone. So a leading tone is something, is a note that wants to, that basically begs to go up or down by one semitone. And your G major chord is getting a little, this is probably about as technical as this episode is going to get, but um, in your G major chord, you have G, B, and D. And B is one semitone below C. So that is a leading tone to C, which is, again, your tonic, right? That C is that ultimate resolve is the center of gravity. It's where your song desperately wants to go, right? It's where it wants, where it feels at rest, where the tension is relieved. So your G major chord, having that B be a leading tone into your C, makes it so that it really wants to resolve to that C. So that is a part of why your G major is super important. For example, again, just real practical hack. If you have a chorus, a lot of times in your chorus, it's wise to have your C, your C major chord start that chorus as like a here's the main point, everyone. In a great way, in your pre-chorus or in your verse to lead into that chorus in an extra powerful way is to have something where let's say this is again pretty common to have something where like your pre-chorus is literally um, something like you know F major G major 
F major, G major, right? The tension's building. It's like, oh, please go to C. F major, G major, and then chorus comes. And then whatever the chord, the chord progression is there, whatever. So hopefully you hear that. The whole, like, you know, doing that F major, G major. Every time there's that G major, there's that tension, you want it to go to one. So when you finally do give people what they want to hear, it, it has that feeling of rest, but also has that feeling of, especially with a full arrangement, obviously just doing a triad with the right hand on a cheesy synth keyboard that does barely has two octaves. Isn't going to do that part justice, but, you know, if, if you want your power chorus to come in and it to feel like, oh, yeah, this is the main part of the song, C major is your way, and G major is the best way to lead to it. Again, technical reason being the fact that it includes that that B. Well, that's one of the reasons, um, the main reason. We won't get any more technical than that. It's okay. We'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> My apologies if that already was getting more technical than you wanted. But here we are. Hopefully you learned something from that. So next is F major. F major is perhaps your most adaptable major chord uh, besides your, your, your C major chord. The beauty of your one chord is it basically can go to any other chord from that one chord, and it sounds pretty natural. Uh, some of the other chords, there are more ideal progressions to go through. Like, for example, the fact that G major desperately wants to go to C major in the context of C major. Um, and if you do anything else, it, it, it feels, well, it raises tension, right? Which if you want to do intentionally is great, right? So if, if you want to, you know, go F major, G major, and then back to F major, or, you know, F major, G major, and then instead you go to the A minor instead of the C major, like, oh, that's a little unexpected. But at that point, you are intentionally using G major to create tension to go back to one and then being like, nope, not giving you what you want, which brings in tension and is part of what makes music interesting. But F major is super adaptable because F major can naturally go to, to that C major. It can pretty naturally go to that G major which then wants to go to the the C major again. Or can go to the, the two or the three chord as well. So F major to D minor, your two chord, which we haven't hit yet. Or F major to an E minor. I probably shouldn't have picked that inversion. That was kind of a, a wonky way to do it. F major <laughs> to E minor. Pretty much any of those works pretty well. F major is super adaptable. When in doubt and you you know you want to get to a certain chord and you're not quite sure how to get there, F major is a great way to get there. Again, all of this being in the context of C major. A minor. A minor tends to be the most popular minor chord by a pretty significant chunk too. A minor is your minor 6 chord. In fact, if you think of the, you know, the chord progression everybody makes fun of, it's the 1 5 6 4 chord progression, which in this context would be C major, G major, A minor, F major. So you'll notice in that super famous chord progression because it's been used the crap out of that the only minor it includes is that minor 6, which is A minor in the context of C major, which again all you have to do is count C, 1, D, 2, 
E3, four, five, six. And this is an A. So, if there's a minor chord you want to hit, A minor is a, a good one to try out. If not, try that D minor, because your D minor is your trusty two chord. And another very common chord progression is a two, five, one, which in the context of C major would be D minor, and then G major, and then one. Pretty common chord progression. That involves that two minor. So then there's E minor. E minor is the last one we haven't talked about, again, besides B diminished. <laughs> um, but E minor is a three chord. By far the most rare of the triads besides the diminished seven. And in my opinion, like the most underrated chord ever. I almost made a whole podcast about my love of e, of uh, uh, minor three chords, uh, which again, in the context of C major, would be E minor. So all of you who are guitarists thinking, hey, I play E minor all the time. Yes, but that's probably in the context of G major, which in that context is just the minor six chord. Um. But E minor in the context of C major tends to be actually fairly rare, um, which is a, tra a tragedy to me because to me, just the sound of a three to a four chord is one of the one of the just greatest basic transitions. So if you have a C major and then you go to that E minor and then you go to that F major, like there's just something about the the especially I think sometimes going from like a a six so your a minor and then there's just this I feel like this is not doing it justice you need more of an arrangement but or, or at least a pedal give me a pedal for this keyboard but um there is some just take me on my word just try it out go go try it out try out come up with a chord progression and then normally when you would go to a four chord, instead of going to a four chord, go to a three chord and then go up to a four chord. So like, let's say you've written a song that is C major, G major, F major, G major, which would be pretty common. It's a very common chord progression. That'd be one, five, four, five. Uh, so instead do something where for one of those F major chords instead slip down to E minor and then slip up to F major. So maybe like C major, G major, and then E minor to F major. It can be something where if done right, and, and very often the, the feeling it gives is that you meant to hit the F major, but it has this like extra sort of depressive feel where like you couldn't even you couldn't even quite get high enough for that F major. So instead you you kind of fall into this E minor and then lift up into that F major. And not to get too deep into this, but if we think about why it is that E major leads so powerfully into F major, or I'm sorry, E minor leads so powerfully into F major in the context of the key of C major, which again is really just because three chords lead into four chords super powerfully, is because if we break apart the chord, uh, E minor is E, D, or I'm sorry, E, G, and B. And then our F major is F, A, C. 
there are actually two leading tones here because our E is a leading tone to the F because that's a semitone above. In fact, there's only two going up in the context of any major scale. There's only two times that you have a semitone. And that's from E to F in the context of C major, which is the three to the four, and then the seven back to the one, which we already talked about, right? B being a leading tone into C, which is a part of why G major leads so powerfully into C major. And a part of the reason that E minor leads so powerfully into F major or the three chord, minor three chord leads so powerfully into any major four chord is because there are two leading tones. With both the lowest note and the highest note, the first and the fifth are both leading tones. So that's part of why that's so powerful. Anyway, B diminished may be useless, but B again is an important note because it's a note that most wants to resolve to C. Use this powerfully in your melodies and in chord progressions, specifically utilizing that G major chord to lead powerfully into a C major chord. Um, so that's C major, right? Your main chord is going to be that C major chord. If you want your song to feel at rest at the end, end on a C major chord. If you want to leave your listener hanging, instead end on maybe an F major chord, your four, major four chord. Or if you want to leave it really unresolved feeling and kind of minor sounding and leave it kind of on a, a depressed, more depressive note, uh, then instead end on the A minor. Um, and then if you really want to leave them hanging, end on G major because uh, because that's cruel and could be fun. <laughs> Not because it's cruel, but uh, there are some people that just like so like they can't stand if a song doesn't resolve, which I find hilarious because I actually love it when songs don't fully resolve. Um, but yeah, if you leave it on G major with that leading tone, it's so desperately going to want to go to that C and then just don't give the listener that really leave them hanging can be super powerful. So again, Caesar tonic, it's your main note. It's your main chord. G is going to be your second main note, generally speaking, um, at, at least in regards to it is the note that second most represents the key. So just as a way to flesh out what I mean by that is if you want a really watered-down piano version of any song, you can almost have any chord progression going on while you are playing just the one and the five notes. So it's very common to do something like this, where I just have C, G, and C again, and you can do... You can do all kinds of stuff underneath, and it will sound fine. Because, but yet if you like throw the third in and you have a full C major chord, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, oh, so something went too far, right? Unless you were going for that specific sound, then of course it can be great. But um, G is your second go-to if you're looking for a sort of pedal tone type thing. F major is your other major chord, perhaps the most adaptable when in doubt. Maybe go to F major if you want to get to another chord that you're not sure how to get to. Like, uh, how do I get to my a D minor? Maybe try F major. 
usually it will go well. Um, A minor, most popular minor chord, that's the minor six. If not, D minor is pretty common. And be sure to try out that E minor, especially in a context where normally you, it sounds like you would go to an F major. Instead, try going to an E minor and then slipping up to the F major. G major. Let's run through this. I know this is going longer than I was expecting, but this time around, I'm not going to explain all the little details, sort of the music theory side of things the way I did with C major. Instead, we're just going to give the TLDR of it. So G major, the notes. G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp. And then that's G. So you might remember that earlier I said if you had a chord progression with C major, F major, and G major, there's a way that you know that's not in G major. And you just heard why. <laughs> and that's that in G major we actually have an F sharp not an F natural. So the fact that you have an F major chord, not an F sharp minor chord, which is what would be the naturally occurring chord. Well, actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> the F sharp diminished in the context of G major. Um, so the fact that it's not an F sharp diminished chord, uh, which you just wouldn't use, is your tip off that, hey, this is in C major, not in G major. So... In G major, there's only one sharp. That's probably why it's the most popular key or maybe the second most popular key. For guitarists, G major is pretty universally considered probably the easiest key. Uh, you can maybe argue E major or D major, C major kind of, but again, nobody likes that F major chord. So G major is an easy go-to. It sounds great on guitar. It has just great, powerful sounding chords. G major is great on guitar. So your main chords, your major chords are going to be G major. Let's do G major, C major, and D major, which is arguably the first three chords that guitarists learn. Uh, if you're a guitarist, you probably, you probably remember this, right? Like G major, C major, and D major were probably the first three that you learned. And so whenever you see a D major chord in a song, or if you've played songs and, you know, things are going through your head where you're like, oh, yeah, I remember songs that did like G major, C major, uh, D major, E minor, or whatever, uh, that would be a song that was in G major. And that's because the E minor chord would actually be that minor six chord. So again, just to go back for a second to... Again, see where this comes from. If you remember, I said that always the one, the four, and the five are major. So G is one in the context of G major. A is two. Three would be B. Four is C. So we know we have C major. And then uh, five would be D. So we know we have D major. So that's where those come from. And then for minor chords... We know that we have a minor six, a minor two, and a minor three because that's true of all major keys. And if you don't know that, again, pick up my free guide, songwritetheory.com slash musictheoryguide because then what you learn in this episode isn't just for C major or G major, but you can turn it into knowing all of the keys because you understand the fundamental things underlying why these things are true rather than just accept them as true because I tell you. Um, although I guess I did 
teach some of that. <laughs> it I snuck, I didn't even sneak it in there. I was pretty overt about like, hey, here's a music theory thing as as to why. Um, but anyway, your minor chords are going to be E minor, A minor, and B minor, with E minor being the six, of course, because G is one, two, three, four, five, six. This is an E, E minor. And then our A minor, G, A, that's our two, our minor two, and B minor, our minor three. So everything I said before, same thing's going to be true. This is why I tried to sneak the numbers in there. Right, so G major is going to be that main chord that you want to hit. That is your tonic, right? G, ma G, the note is your tonic. D major is going to be your dominant. That's the chord that desperately wants to go to G major. And again, that's due to the leading tone. We know a D major chord has D, F sharp, and A. That F sharp is one semitone from G. So that's D major wants to go to G and feel resolved. So D major is our five chord, has the same role as what the G chord had in C major. So what G major was to C major, which was again the five chord, D major now has that same role in the context of G major because context is everything. And the numbers are really what matters. Um, and that's why... <laughs> if you notice there's some overlapping, right? There is actually a C major chord in G major, and yet when we're playing in G major, it doesn't sound complete and resolved on C. That is a C major chord. You may notice that this time it doesn't sound resolved. When I played it before, when I was doing examples for C major, it sounded resolved. You may say, oh, it's because you didn't do this version of it. Nope, that's really not why. Let's go through it again. Doesn't sound resolved, does it? But if we do. That is G major. So context is, is everything. So again, in the context of G major, G major is going to be that thing that you want to hit that at the beginning of your chorus or at the main point of your chorus. If you want your song to feel resolved, G major is the way to do it. If you want your song to set the tone early and make very clear what key it is, you can start with the tonic at the beginning of a song that's fairly common. Uh, but honestly, if you just do a four chord to five chord, that also informs what the key is. It's obvious from hearing that that, that you haven't gone to the one, which is why... Uh, you know, in, in this context, I could do. You have no context, right? I haven't played G yet. And yet your ear knows that that, that is home. So again, D major has that five chord roll, which really, really badly wants to go to one, which is that G major chord. Um, you can use this to your advantage. I kind of touched on this before, but just to make sure I do really talk about this for a moment, um, the fact that your D major wants to go to G major so badly, your five chord wants to go to your one chord so badly, can be used to make a very powerful transition to your one chord, but it also can be used as a way to, you know, raise tension because people, like, they, they want that to go to this. So you, if you make it go somewhere else, then it can be sometimes a great way to raise tension. 
In fact, a great way to raise tension over a song is just refuse to go to that one chord. And then by the time the one chord hits, it just feels like, oh, home. Uh, C major is going to be that adaptable four chord we talked about. So C major in the context of G major is a great chord to, if you're trying to figure out how to get to any of these other chords, C major can be a way to go. E minor is going to be that most common minor six chord. A minor is going to be the more rare, but but still not rare, A uh, minor two chord. And B minor is that beautiful minor three chord that I love so much. So in this context, you know, going from... B minor to C and then to G is just, I just, I just love that transition so much. So again, B minor is that three chord here. And if you roll it back, really the main things you need to know is the rolls of the numbers and then what notes you have, right? That, like, that, that is the fundamental thing that is true of both the C major and G major. Once I told you that C major has C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then I told you that uh, G major has one sharp and it's F sharp, so it's G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp. Once you learned that, and once I told you the whole like, oh, hey, the reason why D major in the context of G major has the same role as what G major had in the context of C major. The reason for that is what's more important to how a chord sounds is in context of the key. And therefore the fact that the G major was the five chord in the context of C major and the D chord becomes the five chord in the context of G major is what makes it so that it is true that the role of D major in G major and the role of G major, the chord, and C major are the same. And why, if you play a G major chord in the context of C major, it will desperately want to go to the one, but if you play a G major in the context of G major, it sounds at rest. It doesn't want to go to a C B chord because it's perfectly content and rested and at the center of gravity the way it is. And that all comes from that number system. Not to mention that it's actually very trivial to figure out based on the name of the key uh, what notes it has. And knowing that F sharp was the sharp added, that also comes from a pattern that you can learn. Which leads me into, again, the free guide. If you want to learn some of this, I just touched on a little bit of it, but there's even, there's even more of it that we can't cover in this episode. If you're interested in learning some of the root concepts that allow you to be able to know off the top of your head that, hey, I'm going to write a song in E major. What chords do I have? What notes do I have? If I'm going to sit at the piano, you know, what notes do I have at my disposal for improvising and what are my main chords? And knowing like, hey, I know that in the context of E major, I have four sharps. I have E natural because it's E major, but I know that I have F sharp. I know that I have G sharp. I know that I have C sharp and D sharp. And I know... Overall, that's my scale, which included those four aforementioned sharps. And I know that my five chord, the one that really wants to go back to my one chord, which is E major and E major, is a B major chord. Right? So knowing all that stuff and being able to take that into any different key is music theory. That's what it is. Uh, of course, there's more to music theory than that. Music theory is a beautiful, wonderful world where if you learn very little, it will help you a lot. Uh, but then there's even more stuff to learn that can be super helpful as well, just is not necessary. 
But if you want to learn the basic four pillars that I think are absolutely essential for songwriting and allow you to be able to sit with your guitar or your piano and just know like, hey, you know, let's try to write a song in G major. I know I have these chords. I'm not wasting my time going to a chord that just sounds wrong and I don't know why it sounds wrong and I can't figure it out and I'm frustrated. No, you just know the chords, the roles they tend to have, different ways to to use them. And of course, there's more than what we just talked about today. This has obviously had to be somewhat reductionist because we tried to cover two keys, which obviously have infinite possibilities uh, and have millions and millions and trillions of the, tons of songs in each of them. Um, and they all sound different, or maybe they don't all sound different, but most of them sound different. Um, so we obviously had to be somewhat reductionist in our talk today, but overall, there are fundamental things that if you learn those, then it makes writing so much easier because you understand things like how to create that powerful beginning of your chorus where it's like, oh, this is the chorus. I just explained to you theory-wise how you can do that. You just have your pre-chorus or your verse end on that five chord, whatever key you're in, the five chord, and then go to the one. Boom. Done. Right? There are other ways to do it, but that is a surefire way to do it and by far the most common. And understanding theory is going to allow you to know things like that as well as understand why it is when you wrote that melody or you came up with that guitar solo, why it's like, oh, it doesn't feel quite right. I don't know why. Music theory answers all those questions. And specifically, actually, just the four pillars of music theory that I think every songwriter needs to know actually answers all of those basic questions, uh, which is why I think, honestly, if you just learn those four pillars, you are basically good. Uh, it's helpful, and I think you should go on to learn more stuff, uh, like more advanced chords, like sus chords and add chords, and understand more about stuff that I touched on here, like pedal tones and you know how to use those and how that affects songs, and then learning modes and stuff. Like, yeah, that's all useful as well. Uh, but the vast majority of stuff we write is going to be in major or minor keys, and you know, so just learning some of those basic four pillars. If you learn those, it will be super helpful in your songwriting, super practical. It literally is what leads into what we talked about today, which hopefully was practical with, of course, music theory mixed in because who are we talking to? I know, I can't help myself, I'm sorry. So again, that's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Hope this was helpful to you. Go write a song in C major or G major with some of what you just learned. Put it to the test. Go try out that minor three chord. Whatever key you're writing a song in, if you're writing a song in, I already met, uh, let's, let's say you're writing a song in A major. Try to find a place to have that C-sharp minor chord, which is going to be that minor three chord in the context of A major. Go do it. You won't regret it. It's so great. Oh, by the way, I, I, transition to that four chord. That three to four chord transition is magical. Go, go use it. It's great. It's great. I'm not biased at all. <laughs> I definitely don't maybe somewhat overuse that. But anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Talk to you in the next one. <laughs>